Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back again to As I Live and Grieve. I'm so excited today for a couple of reasons. The very, very first reason is that guess who's back? Stephanie's back. (laughs) I have missed her so much in these last months as she has been settling into her new home and actually a home that she has welcomed me into as well. So Stephanie, (laughs) so, so happy to have you back with me. You're my right hand. Yes. I still have heard all of the episodes though that I've missed because I was editing. So that's right. That's right. Yes, I'm well, back. Well, so happy. And with us today is Dr. Heather Brown. That's the other reason I'm very excited, because I think you're going to find her a fascinating guest on our podcast. So welcome, Dr. Heather Brown. Thank you for having me, ladies. Thank you for having me, audience. Absolutely. Before we get started with our general questions, would you just give our listeners a little bit of your background, please? Sure. So I'm a psychotherapist in Orange County, um, and my specialization is grief and loss and couples communication and intimacy. Real quick snippet, um, my mom was a paranoid schizophrenic who killed herself when I was 16, and that was my first really hard loss. I'd lost grandparents before then, but mom was tragic. And then I had a miscarriage uh, between my two children, and then I'm a widow. So I've actually walked through some of those paths that we do most go through, but a little early. And I have a great love and desire to help people honor what they need to do in their process of grief um, and support them on that journey. Yeah, it seems we have some parallels in our life. Hmm. Um, Loss of an infant or a miscarriage is very, very difficult. And for me personally, the loss of my spouse is probably the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And also the most recent, it's coming up on five years now, in fact. I'm, I'm eight. eight. I'm eight. And the thing, okay. I think the part for me that was really hard, and I, I'm sure that you will resonate with this, being a mom and being madly yeah. in love with your daughter, it, it was the first time that I 100% realized there was nothing I could do to take away my children's pain. Right, and that right. just devastated me. I could love them as much right. as I could love them and more, but they had to go through that horrific walk in the way that they needed to. And that is, as a parent, is hard. Absolutely. Tom was a stepfather and a step-grandfather to her mm. two boys, but there still were, were a lot of feelings, I think, especially with the boys. It may have hit them harder harder than I anticipated, at least. I guess they were a lot closer to Tom than I really realized. Um, well, he was, a, he was around their whole life. So, yeah. I mean, it's what they know. And even though he was in my life a shorter period of time, um, I think it was still, it felt longer. So in a good way. Now, I don't mean that in a bad yeah. way. Um you know, yeah. it felt longer because I think he accepted how I wanted our step relationship to be. And, and that was it. 
And how beautiful yeah. that is that he stepped into that really important role mm -hmm. and embodied it in such a beautiful way and for your boys as well. Right. I'm so glad you had him for as long as you had it. And I'm so sorry you didn't get to have him longer. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's the downside. The, the, the upside, of course, is that I consider myself fortunate and blessed, although it wasn't without a lot of hard work, that I was able to redefine my life into something that now I'm probably happier than I've been maybe in my entire life. That's you know? beautiful. It's yeah, I, I really feel like I'm in a good place. Well, and so, he's a big part of that. Absolutely. And that's he so beautiful is. to honor that, that though you're not here to walk this part of the journey with me physically, that I wouldn't be here without what you had helped create within me. And absolutely. even even the death itself. I mean, in yes. a way, yes, that cultivated this desire that you have and how beautiful that comes from love. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my favorite quotes, and I probably mentioned it far too many times on the podcast. I think it's by Jamie Anderson in the last part of the quote. And this was my mind blowing moment in my grief was that grief is love with no place to go. Oh, that I'm going to write that down. That is beautiful. And I thought that was, for me anyway, the perfect definition of why it hurts so much. I have, a, I have someone to send this to. Jamie Anderson. Yeah, I, I can send you the whole quote. It's, it's just a very short paragraph. But Love it. That's the last phrase. And that for me, and it goes through my mind constantly, constantly. And so then so, isn't that what this part of that journey is about? Absolutely. To find a landing of love somehow yes. within that part of the journey that has not yet found it. its fruition. Exactly. Hmm. Yep. Exactly. And I mean, I like to think I turned a lot of that love into rebuilding myself. And probably, and maybe that's one of the reasons I am who I am is because I'm a lot happier with myself. Yeah, and you're rebuilding others. You're helping others rebuild themselves now too. Yeah. 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 So today I want to talk about death in general and the fact that death is natural. It's inevitable. It's a part of living. It's just going to happen to every single one of us. Why then is it so hard for people to wrap their heads around it? Why then are we so devastated when it happens? Well, I think for a lot of reasons, and of course, everything is very personal in everyone's situation. But in American culture, I don't think we really talk that much about death. Uh, other cultures, you do. It is a natural part. It's something that you honor and, and, and you, you kind of revere in a way. But in American culture, I don't think we do. And so when it comes, I don't think we are prepared for it. And people don't want to talk about it and people don't want to deal with it. The reason it hurts so much is because we don't want it to be what it is. We love that person or that, that experience so much that we don't want to be here without them or that relationship. And that's, that's all, that's hard. And if you say to someone, you know, it is natural and, and we need to embrace this. And, and you say in your head, I get that. Of course, you're born, you live, you die. We're all going to die. Some it'll be at six months. Some it'll be at 
12, someone's going to be 103. Mm -hmm. I get that, but that's a cerebral. The place where it's hard, it's, it's, your, it's your heart. And we want that person back because we feel like the emotions that we have experienced with them are them. We think you were my love. And the work that I try to do with people is to say, no, that's within you. That person helped you find that place within you, but that is within you. And, and there's a place to try to help them separate what the experience that they have had with that person from the physical person who can't be here anymore so that they don't feel like that beautiful part of their life has been ripped out of them. They can't go further with it in the same way, but it's still very much there. But we equate, you love me, I love you, so therefore the external is love, instead of recognizing, no, it's, it's all of our internals. We don't talk about that. And I think it's part of the reason why we're so devastated when a marriage ends or our relationship ends because right. we think we have lost that. I did something this that you'll get my side here. So I'm, I'm a writer and I wrote up, my mom killed herself at 16 and on thir the 38th anniversary of her death, I wrote a poem it was published. It's really beautiful called 38 years of days. And then when it came to the 40th year, I wanted to write something powerful and profound and poignant and heavy. And I was saying things like, have I cried as many tears as there were in the 40 days of the flood? And have I beaten my chest as much as they did it walking the desert? And God and I have a cheeky relationship, I feel. I hope <laughs> I hope listeners will just go with me because this is just my reality. It might not be yours. <laughs> but he slapped me on the side of my head and he said, are you kidding me? I'm like, what? He said, so is this what you're going to do at 51? And 68 and 72 years and i went yeah and god said this he said instead of hurting over the 40 years that she's been missing how about we celebrate the 16 years that you had her and i just went oh <laughs> and it was one of the most beautiful moments in my life because I just celebrate my mom now. I mean, do I miss her? Yeah, it's been 50, 41 years that she's been gone, which is a crazy thought. No, 43 years. Um, now I'm even losing track of time because I remember more so how long I had her. Sure. Isn't that a blessing? Sure. But it's that place of trying to help yourself get to the celebration of who they were and what you had and who they were within you and who you can continue to be. It's hard to get there. Took me 40 years. That mm -hmm. sounds a lot like... Well, I used to work in the Department of Psychiatry at a hospital in the administration area. And one of the words that I really hadn't heard much until I started working there, and I know you will love it because I saw it on your website, is the word reframe. And the other really, really popular trending word you see all the time now is mindset. Yes. So it sounds to me like what you were just telling us was a point in your life where you were challenged by God to reframe the situation. 
to change your mindset. Your quote shows that brilliantly. Grief is love with no place to go. Right. So when you say that, you flip it. It flips it. And that's the whole key to reframing. I can look at the grief, which you need to, mm -hmm. but I also can look at the love and which mm -hmm. is the one that's going to best serve me, help me right now. Do I need to release this hurt? A lot of times it's going to be yes. yes. Or do I need to connect with the love? And that's the place where a lot of us don't ever come back to. You've got to do, in my opinion, a tremendous amount of hellacious loss following a death. Maybe you don't for many, but for a deep, deep relationship you do. But there is a place where it's really important to start tapping back into the love mm -hmm. because otherwise you really don't honor the person who has passed over. They haven't left for you to be destroyed. They haven't left for you to stay in hurt for Ever. They do want you to take in all the goodness of who they were and what you cultivated in yourself and to let that live beyond. I mean, that's their legacy. And so reframing is, it's what I do all the time. I'm actually called the reframe queen in Orange County because I do that. I'll say, well, let's look at the other side or how about we tweak this? Because it's everything is both. You need darkness to know there's light. You need, you need grief to know there's love. You need both sides because both sides create the other. Everything is the either having the having of or the absence of. It's one of the two. And so it depends which one you want to step into. And you, you need to do both. You need to do both. You need to find a way to carry your grief with you. Um, I accept the fact that I will grieve the loss of my husband, my mother, my father, and an infant son, and grandparents way back when I was little that I never really knew. I will grieve for the rest of my life. Amen, sister. Because people but say I that can't to me with let time. it. I can't let it hold me down. So since you're the reframe queen of Orange County, let's spread it out a little now. We'll just distribute it out to the masses. You're the reframe queen. What tips can you give people who are at that point or how do they recognize when it's time to start thinking of reframing? Well, when you start to realize that you're going into those deep, heavy places and you're not finding any release, or you're not coming out in any kind of freedom, lighter, or I found this piece. An example would be, you know, if, if you if if you feel like you need to explore, this is so hard, and I miss you so much, and you purge all of that, and then come to okay, so what do I do now? I need to call my friend, or I I, I need to go to a therapist. There there is to be an answer, a, a new place to go that comes out of that exploration. If you're going through it like I was, 40 years, have I cried as many tears? There was no benefit to that. And thank God that like he made that really, really clear. But in the beginning, you're going to be feeling everywhere and everything. And there's, a, there's just a, a purging. But 
But after the purging, it starts to become a little bit self-indulgent or self-pity. And if you find yourself, and, and I'm, I'm speaking to myself, when I found, find myself going there because I feel badly for my situation, walking around and seeing somebody like with a husband or being hugged or kissed, and I start to go into, why can't that be me? And why don't I have that? Like, that's, that's not going to help me. So there's the place to ask, is this helping me? Is this doing any good for me? Or am I right now just kind of, you know, swimming through pain? I believe very much in the law of attraction. And one of the things that mindset reframe, one of the things that it it really speaks into when people will say it's, you know, happy, happy thinking, or like, let's just speak into an affirmation. It's not, it's what's a little bit of a better thought. So if I'm all alone and I hate being alone, I can stay there. So I ask myself, is this a thought I want to keep having? No. Well, what's a better thought? Well, I'm not going to go to, I'm so blessed. I'm so happy. Isn't my life awesome? But I might say, like, I really did love that relationship and how, how fortunate I was to have it. Or I really wish you were here right now and you're not. And I am still really grateful for my children who are, or my friends who are. It's not Pollyanna. It's not making that little rainbow that everything's fine. It's what do I have that feels a little bit better than I need to be aware of than solely what I have lost. And that's a place that a lot of people don't let themselves go. And, and, I know, I know probably almost every single listener is going to understand this. There's a place in the beginning where you feel a moment of joy and you almost feel guilty. Like I I shouldn't, I shouldn't be happy. Yes. My gosh, why do we feel that way? Like if Mm -hmm. I'm not continually devastated and horrified, my life is not ruined because you're gone. I'm somehow dishonoring you. And somehow we have put that upon ourselves. And that's so sad. Like I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be devastated for the rest of my life because my husband died? What a gloomy world this would be. Right. right. I am going to grieve him forever. Forever. Yeah. I will always miss him. But that yeah. doesn't mean there aren't a whole lot of other amazing things for me to explore now. So yeah. I always ask my clients, is this thought serving you? Is this doing you any good? Is this something that you want to keep cultivating? And if the answer is, no. Then I say, okay, just what's a little bit of a better thought? And then we just keep moving it a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. And then you start to become very adept. Gosh, I wish I wasn't a widow. That's not a good thought for me to have. Okay. What do I want to focus on? I love my friend Susie. I love my friend Susie. I'm so grateful I have my friend Susie. And guess what? I got to spend New Year's Eve with her because I'm single. And so I could go down and spend a weekend with her, which I never would have been able to do. Right. So it's not negating. It's just nudging yourself a little bit out of the pit. Increments, step by step. Stephanie would call me after Tom died. And she would, of course, having two boys, tell me something amusing, funny that they did or said. And 
she confessed to me just the other day, I think it was maybe yesterday, that she did it to make me laugh. Oh, what a wonderful daughter you are. And what a beautiful (laughs) message you showed your boys. Like we have a, we have a, we've got an opportunity to help grandma. Let's help grandma. Like, isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. That's what family does. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, it's, I do that with my friends too, though, when they just want to wallow in whatever it's like, okay. And, and maybe that's my, it's maybe I'm protecting myself in a way too. I think I've found because, um, all of that, and not that it's necessarily negativity, but keeping that around me constantly is going to help bring me down. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let's look for the positive in this. Okay, this happened, but what what is good in it? What, you know? Um, but I, I like those questions yeah. that you mentioned that it's not that it's not that grief is positive, but you can think I lost them, but because of them, I have my children or because of them, I know what um, a wonderful like, relationship is supposed to be like that. I was able to yeah, feel I that. I, I don't think you can that. do it immediately, or at least I wasn't able to do yeah. it immediately. No. I no. had someone no. say to me like two weeks after Ted right. died, you need to look for the blessing. And I, <laughs> I'm like, there, there is no blessing. I've just lost my husband. My children have no father. Like, Not yes, ready. he wasn't yeah. ripped apart by wild right. animals. And I'm happy that the birds mm-hmm. didn't peck out his eyeballs, but come on now. But a month later, yeah. and this is something that I think is really important for the listeners. It's so vital that you honor your way that you are to grieve. Everyone's going to come out of the word work because they care and and they wish that your situation was not what it is. And so they're going to try to offer whatever it is that they think would be good for you know those things that they offer and they say it it is with good intentions they just don't know there still is a place where only you know what it is that you need to do to grieve or if you don't know you're to stay in that place of not knowing until you find what it is because there's a place of clearing through when you really honor yourself where then you do walk through it and continue going. If you listen to how other people tell you to grieve, sometimes it really doesn't, it doesn't align with what you need for yourself or maybe for your children. And then you're not going to come through it in the same way. So listen, listen to everybody and say, thank you very much. I so appreciate you offering that. And then let go all the stuff you need to let go. But the things that are important to you, let that be your truth. Right. We feel there's a right way to grieve. You're the author of that narrative. Right. So right. there is, but you are the author. It's your way. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think everybody individually can choose what parts, pieces, memories, images, sounds they want to bring with them for the rest of their life. Um, I know, and I tell this a lot too, I can look at a jar of hot sauce and smile and laugh because Tom was a hot sauce snob almost. 
that every place we went that he saw a jar of hot sauce. I would say All collector. Right. All right. He was a collector. <laughs> <laughs> but if he saw a brand of hot sauce that he had not yet seen or tasted, he had to have it. And on many occasions, we, we traveled to the Caribbean, and he brought back an entire duffel bag of hot sauces. Wow. And they sat on the shelf. They never He never opened them. And actually, they made a nice little collection on the shelf. They were, it was very artistic for a period of time. So in the family, anyone that knows Tom knows that you see hot sauce, you think of Tom. And how um, beautiful that is when you have yeah. those memories. My husband was a baseball yeah. coach and a teacher. And just three weeks ago, I, ha I had to put down our dog. She was 17. It was a hundred percent time. My daughter, much like your beautiful daughter, um, didn't want me to go through it alone. So she came to be with me. And as we're walking into the vat, I said, Ted, be here with us. Um, we go into the room and there's an angel's baseball blanket on the floor. Oh my goodness. Which is what she's to lie to rest in. Uh-huh. Balling. Uh-huh. His favorite team. Uh. I saw the World Series with him. Oh, wow. And so as she, beautiful Trinity, was passing over, Sienna mm. and I took the blanket, wrapped her up in it, and I said, sleep in your daddy's arms. Oh. He's got you right now, baby girl. He's holding oh, you right now. Memory. And we just went, oh. But how did that happen? I mean, come oh. on. And so right. we walk out and we're like, oh my gosh, we are so loved by the universe. We're so loved by Ted. Oh. We're so loved by the vet. And then we go outside yeah. and Sienna and I just lose it completely. And this woman. Sure who had this white halo of hair, this massive white halo, which is wearing this <laughs> huge white sweater, comes and envelops us in her arms and starts hugging us, wow. saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It seems like, 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 look up from our devastation. It's like this angel woman who's come from nowhere. We're like, what's going on? Angel. She was an angel. Trinity went to rest on the angels. Like, when you open yourself up, for me, this right. is a place where the grief has been that bridge of not Absolutely. losing the love is I fully believe, and this is just my belief once again, so I don't want in any way to tell anybody that this is true for anyone but me. But right. I do know right. for me and the people I work with that when you allow yourself to receive in whatever way it wants to come through energetically, in whatever way it wants to come through angels among us gifts from the universe hot sauce you know showing up <laughs> on a shelf you didn't know there are gifts and blessings that go beyond i heard of a story where a man was dying and he knew he was dying and he arranged with a florist for flowers to be sent to his bride for her birthday oh. anniversary um and and Valentine's Day. Oh, after for, he was gone. Forever. Like he gave them oh my gosh. gave them whatever amount of money, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah. She was elderly. And I think he said, you know, just 
use this. Keep, keep sending them. Keep, keep, and whatever's left, you know, give it to my kids or whatever's left, give it to somebody else. But she received flowers from him and he wrote the notes. And I thought, dear Lord, if I know I'm going to go, I'm going to do something like that. So I had a client who was going to be leaving this world with cancer. And she had twin little girls who were two and a four-year-old boy. And we did that. We had her write letters through their 18 birthdays, through their first love, through marriage, for the first grandchild. And they'll be handed out into their lives throughout. And I think, how beautiful. How beautiful. There's ways for us to be bridges. Goosebumps and tears. Certainly. Yeah. There's so Thanks many for ways for us to love. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Stephanie, guess what time it is? That went fast. It goes so fast, fast. with our podcast. It does. <laughs> Wait, it usually means one thing. Funny. It usually means one thing is that you'll have to come back. I'd love That's to. That's usually what it means. I'd love to. Right. So before we sign off, before we wrap things up, I would like to offer you a few moments to speak directly to our listeners without us asking any questions. Mm -hmm. Let them know what services you offer, what you might be able to do to help them or answer any questions they might have. Go right ahead. I appreciate that. So, oh, you sweet listeners, we're all walking our own part of this journey. And to me, the beauty is where we can offer love to one another and offer our expression of what we know. So if anything that I've said has resonated with you, bless you and just take it in. If anything I've said doesn't resonate with you, please throw it away because it's not for you. And that's, that's so good to know. Um, but if there's anything more that you would like to engage with me, of course, I'd be honored. Um, my website is Dr. Heather Brown. So it's www. D-R-A-T-A-T-H-E-R-B-R-O-W-N-E.com. And um, I have lots of services. I can do therapy in California. I do coaching throughout the U.S. and internationally, one-on-one. I have a newsletter. I do Zoom workshops. I have a book that will be coming out in the beginning of 24. So there's lots of things. So anything that you'd like, I have a blog. Go to my website, all my social um, media is on there. I'm on TikTok. I'm on YouTube. There's lots of ways to reach me because I'm just trying to offer love, joy, a whole bunch of reframing and some tenderness to the world as it wants it. That's, that's beautiful. So listeners, if you want to get in touch with Dr. Heather Brown, you have no excuse not to <laughs> because you, you heard the contact information mm-hmm. here, but it will also be in the podcast episode notes and on our website. So it will be available there as well. Okay, I guess we have to do it. Every time we have to remind our listeners to please take care of yourselves. Grief is difficult. It's devastating. It can decimate you to your core. So try, 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 try to practice self-care, even in the smallest way that you can. And if you know someone who's grieving, try to help them with this. Because if you've grieved, you know it's hardest to look within yourself 
and pull yourself up and take care of yourself. You just lose that desire, I guess. So self-care is critical. Got to do it. Put it on the list. It's mandatory if you're grieving. Other than that, listeners, I do hope that you found something in today's podcast that has helped you. And we also hope beyond our fondest dreams that you come back again next week as we all continue to live and grieve. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.